0: Welcome to another episode of Fresno's Best Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. I am so excited today we are unveiling our new intro song for this podcast. A local rapper named Baker uh, produced a song for us that tried to capture the, I don't know, I don't want to say a fancy word, but I'm going to say it: the zeitgeist or the geist of this, the spirit of this podcast, and he produced something truly amazing. Uh, So I'm about to play that for you, and then afterwards we're going to talk to Baker himself about his influences, about hip-hop, about Fresno, uh, about the music industry as a whole, and so much more. All right, without further ado, here is our new intro song for Fresno's Best Podcast. We always start Fresno's Best podcast in the same place. Blessed
1: to infiltrate the pond waves on infinite quests. Investigating, making convos to elevate guests. Politics, religion, culture, art, music. Show some respect to the best little city left in the U.S. Fresno's Best. Fresno's Best.
0: That was awesome, right? So grateful and feel so lucky to have uh, someone like Baker working with us. Now let's get to the interview. So where do you like to eat in Fresno?
1: Man, nowadays with everything shut down, it's been kind of weird. It's been a little weird. Uh, uh, so I work my my daytime jobs in Tower. So me and the dude that I work with, uh, Mike Adame, some of you might know him out there from a uh, band called Light Thieves back in the day, and Ultra Diamonds. Uh, me and him worked together, so what? Right when everything shut down, we made it a point to like try to hit as many spots in Tower that were doing takeout as possible. So we did that whole run for for a couple months, every day at lunch. Um, that was kind of fun to go back to, you know. Some like it's kind of silly, but like when everything's open, sometimes you take those places for granted, like they're always there. But man, just going back to Irene's and grabbing a burger was fun. Um, I like Niagate. Speaking of stuff that's around Tower, you ever been to Eat? No, uh, it's over, uh, it's like a really small hole in the wall, like Dakaria off uh, Blackstone and Olive by Harbor Freight.
0: Okay, yeah, I know where that is.
1: Yeah, there's a little dope little uh taco spot right there that I like to go to. Um, I've been doing a lot of cooking at home lately though.
0: Yeah, what about not during COVID times? Is there a yeah. A good place that kind of is your go-to? I was, uh,
1: just before we were hitting up, uh, my friend opened a restaurant called Phu Ever. His family op- uh, opened it up in Clovis. Um, they make really good Vietnamese food, man. Um, Bun Sao. It's not a lot of places you can get that in town. It's like a Vietnamese pancake. Ooh. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good. Um, uh, uh, What else am I digging? a uh, premium mayor always always I that one yeah <laughs> uh then a little uh little gem this place called marty Bells is like a taco truck that does pupusas like sopis and stuff
0: yeah
1: that's what's dope too
0: marty i Bell's. i love a good pupusa i mean there was when i lived in the bay area there i had some spots that i would go to um and it like they they did it so well that like it wasn't too bready you know you got the pupusas that are just basically like a brick a brick of masa uh, and then you got the pupusas that are well layered and you got that perfect little you got because you got to have that masa out. you want that crispy masa but you also want that thick layer of cheese and beans or whatever um, yeah. so that's good to know that there's a spot where I can get a pupusa I wasn't sure uh, in Fresno
1: off the yeah off a truck it's, it's good
0: well um yeah, it's been weird times and I'm sure it's weird times as a musician, you know, because I, I mean artists that depend on live audiences, you know, for you know, for their work, it's gotta be hard. How how is what what are you hearing about uh musicians right now in, in COVID and how they're how they're dealing with kind of this social distancing stuff?
1: Lots of it ad- I mean, obviously with everybody, but lots of adapting, um New, you know developing new ways to get in front of people has been big um people who depend on this as an actual living full-time i've seen you know do lots of live concerts and things like that where people can still kind of pay to show up to watch um but mostly i've been seeing people just get get music out there i've i've seen some stats that say like everybody's consuming music like people are consuming music at a way higher rate because they're kind of just at home or you know A lot of people are at home or working from home. They get to just sit down and listen to stuff again. Um, So like everybody's just new music out there. It's been like really different that way to see so much kind of underground stuff come out like this.
0: It's dope. So um, let's talk about, let's talk about you and where you guys started. Um, So, you know, I remember, (laughs) I mean, listen to that men in black album when I was a kid, you know? Um, And I know everyone's got that like first, first album that like was, was kind of that like album that like opened the eyeballs. What what was that for you?
1: Man. First album like that. Well, I
0: mean the beginning ones, you know, some of the early ones, maybe.
1: Right. right. It's tough. It's tough for me. uh, My, like, uh, I have a couple songs where I talk about a little, like a little uh, the early years. Um, my dad was like the mobile DJ on the weekends. He also had like a full-time job, but he did like, you know, weddings, birthday parties, uh, all that kind of stuff on the weekends. Um, so I would always help him since I was like real small. Just we would, you know, go shopping for singles. So I always consumed like singles. I was really? always okay. looking for. So I didn't even understand, like then an album was like, uh, <laughs> what were the other songs that didn't matter that had the one song on there? You know, like,
0: <laughs> exactly. exactly. Older, and I'm like, Oh, I'm missing out on all the good shit. All right. Well, what's the single then? What's the single for you? You know, I can remember
1: the first time I took my own money to the store to buy my own, uh, album. And it was a tape of uh bone thugs and harmony. East 1999. <laughs> I don't know why they let me buy it, but I I got that one when I was a kid.
0: Had the little, I mean, was it the what does the stage with the little uh, explicit thing in the corner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you slip those into your JanSport backpack so you don't have to go to the counter or whatever. I I um, yeah, I I, I find that you know, uh, obviously our music uh, tastes change as we get older. But I find a sure. lot of that, you know, you can kind of trace back people's the way they see the world through those kind of early stuff that they listen to. Um, yeah. So did you, was it a quick transition? Cause I mean, obviously your dad's was a DJ. Was it a quick transition to making music or did that happen over time?
1: Uh, just growing up around it. Like I was always like just kind of fascinated by the whole thing, The in, like the music watching the people in the industry and, just the different changes in the way the music sounded and all that type of stuff. Um, It was kind of natural. And I I always liked to write as a kid too. So right around the time I was like 12, 13, I just kind of was like, yeah, I like the music and I like to write things like stories and things. So I'm going to try to write that kind of music. And that's kind of just how it evolved from there. I just kind of started recording um, using his equipment and then we were recording in high school, just in my garage. In the
0: heat <laughs> i mean it's motivation right um i yeah i mean it, it it feels like what you're kind of describing is also kind of like the story of hip-hop too right like djs and break beats and like that having that be kind of like the early period and then moving from there um are were there not not to do on not to get on some like freedom writers bullshit but were there like a, english teachers that encouraged you and saw your saw your writing potential?
1: Um not 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 really for for rap or hip hop at the time. Um <clears throat> until I was a little bit older. One one time in particular I can remember in high school um an English teacher gave me extra credit if I rapped something in front of the class. That's <laughs> that's probably the closest I got. Okay. Um yeah. But most mostly it was writing like when I was in school it was stories and things like that.
0: Okay. Well, just, I mean, it's all kind of the creative flow, right? Um, whether, it's, whether it's poetry or whether it's like, you know, telling a story. Cause you're, cause I mean, you know, you're telling a story through through your poetry, right? So same kind of idea. Yeah, right? I think
1: so. Yeah. And that was like, like to get back to the hip hop uh, parallel, I was lucky enough to grow up around DJs. And then there were people that were like dancers and break dancers. And that was like, they were into that. That was like part of the culture. Um, I didn't know too many like graffiti writers as far as that angle went other than like the gang stuff that went on, but that wasn't, that was a little different, but I was kind of, it was kind of cool to be immersed in that early on, even though we're on the West coast, it was, it was just kind of dope to be immersed in that early.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I think we all have our journey. Like my story is that, you know, in, in high school I was in, I was, I played punk rock music and I was in punk rock bands and then, you know, as I got to college, just for women, like I got into indie music, um, and folk music. And then there, I I had this weird turn happened where I had a friend who introduced me to Flying Lotus in the mid 2000s. And I was just like, and that kind of opened my brain. And then I moved into a house with a bunch of guys. um, And they would, they were producers, and they would make beats till four in the morning, I hated them half the time, because I wanted to to sleep, uh, but the other <laughs> half of the time it was cool to just be around it, and they became some of my best friends. And uh, yeah. my so at like 22, my you know that's when I my kind of hip hop journey began. And I think it can happen to anybody. I mean, I remember um, we would have these parties in the basement of our house, and we would go to Trader Joe's and buy as many uh, simple times cans as we can get, and then just <laughs> fill up ice buckets, and then people would come. They would make, you know, DJs would come and you know, they you know put, they would you know they would they'd do their stuff, show off what they produced, and then guys would just take turns, and it was just, it was just, um, I don't know. I, I'd never seen anything like that before, and I think, mm-hmm. I, I think people you know, have an idea of like rappers as like or or hip hop is like something removed, you know, they I don't think they see that like you know kind of. I don't wanna say bass level, but like just having like a get together where you play music and you're just in the driveway and you're barbecuing and each person's taking a turn spinning records or whatever they're doing. Right. Um, and it's just, it's become, it's kind of like this background, like. Right. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And I, yeah, I think yeah, that's present.
1: Like uh, you don't see a lot of like a jam like jam sessions for hip hop. Like you would, everybody grabs a guitar and, and somebody gets on the drums and you just go. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, it, it, it was such a, it was such a cool experience and I, you know, I've been obsessed ever since. Um, And I think, I I don't know. I, I, I wish other people could have that experience too, you know, not just, not just put on Drake on their iPhone or whatever, you know, but to actually see what it, what it looks like to make it, you know, to make yeah. the music itself.
1: Sounds like you were, like really a part of something not organic though that's pretty special
0: that's true yeah that's that's fair um yeah i never i never really was around uh the the people painting but one of my roommates did have those like little uh hello my name is things and they would do like a little design on them and they just they were like here jordan go stick these on every street sign you can see <laughs> um, I don't know if that's I'm admitting to some kind of crime, but whatever. Uh, I'm out that of
1: there.
0: I'm it's I'm sure it's a municipal crime in San Francisco and I can't be charged at this point. Um yeah, there's a
1: bunch of people over there.
0: So that's you know, I, I watch people do that process. What is yeah. what is your what is your process like? What does it look like to, to go? I mean, are you producing the beats as well? Or are you or do you work with different producers or is it a mixture?
1: Mainly um I work with different producers in town. Some out of town too that I've gotten to meet uh, recently. But there's there's ridiculous ridiculous talent as far as producers go in Fresno. There's amazing producers out here for hip hop um and other other styles too but man the, the hip hop dudes are dope out here. Um I I did I have made some beats. I do make some. I made the beat for the intro I don't know yes. if we're talking about that. Yet, yeah, we're, we're going to definitely talk
0: about that. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I made that, and I made a few here and there um, on different albums that I put out. But mainly, I I try to play my strengths, and I'll stick to the words, and let those guys do their thing. Yeah. Um, from there, yeah, from there, I'll I'll you know usually like to sit with the beat and kind of decide how it makes me feel, or what kind of things I can come think about, uh, kind of come to mind while I'm listening. And then I'll usually write from there.
0: So you hear the beat first, and then and then the song comes.
1: Almost always. Every now and then, I'll have like maybe a topic that I will want to touch on at some point, and then maybe I'll hear a beat that brings it out the best. But a lot of times, I'll just kind of let it let it take me wherever it's going to go.
0: Okay. So you don't have to like take a plane to Wyoming with you know Kim to. (laughs) To have an ins- inspirational <laughs> time, <laughs> you Whoa. just listen to the music.
1: Um, uh, yeah, more money, more problems, but uh, right? not yet. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so, is, are are there certain are there certain artists today that you kind of look or artists before that you look kind of look to as like not modeling yourself after, but we all have influences, right? And like people yep. that we try to emulate. Um, you know, obviously yeah. I'm emulating Howard Stern, of course. I, no, oh, yeah. I I, I'm I just, you know, uh, <laughs> but is, are there certain people that come to mind that you, are like, you're aware of their influence, I guess, more than, because sometimes you're not aware of an influence, but I think, I think most of us are, you know, just based on what we listen to. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like my favorite rapper uh, is big pun um, for lots of different reasons, but he just really like impacted me when I was young and right at that age where I was starting to write. So it was kinda like that dude was like, Oh, I'm never gonna be that good. So I was always kind of muddling after trying to be as good as as that guy. Yeah, um yeah, and it yeah. still goes like for some reason, I don't know why I'm still like, damn, but could I go on the same song as like as somebody like that, you know? Um uh, but big plan always uh always in the back of my mind, uh Nas for like storytelling, right and things like that. Um I spent a lot of time because back in the day, uh, early hip hop, you were to not sound like anybody else, you know, like you could have influences, but your goal was to sound like not like anybody else, whether it was your voice, your vocal tone, your delivery, the lyrics you decided to use. So I still kind of adapt that. So I spent a lot of time, like even just getting my voice to sound right on a song um, making practicing with different types of deliveries and rhyme schemes and things like that—that um, that was just adapted from listening to all types of different dudes do all types of different things. Whether I uh, listen to a lot of their music or not, I think that still influences me. Yeah, it's
0: just kind of. I mean, it's it's challenging, right? Because it's it, you know your voice voice really matters whether people are going to listen to your music or not. And like you know, like one example that I can think of is. Um, I really love the vocal tones of Freddie Gibbs, but I've got another friend that loves hip hop that he just can't stand it and he can't listen to it. And it's, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It it feels different than like a, like a vocalist, you know, like just kind of like a a singer, like, you know, it, it seems like there's more of a baseline for what sounds good versus like your kind of tone when you rap is I know. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's like your, it's kind of like your voice. So, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's, it's, it seems like it's such a hard thing to figure out, you know, and you don't want to become something you're not. Right.
1: Right. That too. You hear, I've, I've heard a lot of people like that start to get into rapping and they're immediately trying to sound like a rapper. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing that you feel like you need to sound a certain way. Um, just do your thing. And, but, but, you know, at the same time, Take those influences like I feel like you're talking about like model yourself over, over uh, after people that you like and you think that are really good at their craft, but you just do your thing at the end of the day
0: yeah influence and imitation two different things it's different like being a cover band versus being a band that sounds that like is in the genre I guess
1: there you um, go there you go yeah exactly
0: have you as you got older has your style kind of changed I mean have you felt yourself I don't know. I don't know what maturing looks like in hip hop, but like your style is changing. Uh yeah, you know, I guess I have a weird a weird kind of like storyline
1: maybe there cuz for a while I I I grew up on hip hop, started making that hip hop music. I I started a small record label when I was like 21, put out a couple albums there. Um and then got like pretty discouraged. That was around the time that Napster was just like playing everything for free, and, like, no CDs were selling, and I was young. I didn't know the business like that, so I was like, fuck this. I'm gonna go do something else, and I just went and completely let all of it go, and I started, like, listening to, like, rock and jazz, and I I actually joined a band, like, a rock band, so I was in a band for a while as the vocalist, so I, then I did that for a few years, and then I stepped away to kind of, like, work on some grown being a grown-up for a while and uh now i recently got back into hip-hop so it's almost like over the last few years i'm kind of reconnecting with my
0: style i guess a renaissance yeah exactly there we go there we go well i mean that's a lot of things now right you you brought it up so i'm just gonna ask what what do you i mean how do you as an artist view the streaming services because most of us use them these days um and there we all know there's some kind of evil you know it's kind (laughs) of like how everyone you know i mean we all you know most i'm not gonna say we all but like you know i love me some bacon like a bacon burger or whatever um and like you know i'm like I know this was some harm was probably done in the producing of this burger, but I, I mean it feels that way with streaming because it's just so easy to just like oh here's a new artist I'm just going to download their album right now oh I don't like most of that so you know I'm going to move on you know what I mean like it's it's very like yep. it's non noncommittal it's like it swiping on Tinder uh, you know it's just like it doesn't have any effect or something right so how how do you how do you view you know, Apple music and Spotify and all that crap.
1: Uh, So that's a big, that's a big, that's a big thing.
0: Yeah. it can be nuanced. Doesn't have to be like Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down. I like the idea. I like streaming. I like this whole thing. I
1: like the idea that I can connect with somebody on the other side of the world and they can just pick up their phone and listen to my shit. That's, that's amazing. Like that's incredible. Um, the, the paying part is obviously, everybody knows, or most people know, it's r- crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, they pay very, very little. Uh, most people don't get anything. Um, but, you know, you get to, you, your exposure can be so much more than it was before. Uh, and you can use that to your advantage if you're good at, you know, marketing yourself or if your music's just playing good. Um, there's record labels still get in the way um, they still have part ownership in a lot of these companies too um, they pay a lot of money to make sure their artists are up at the top but um, there's just something about having access to anything you know there's different angles you can work I feel like as uh, everybody navigates the social media world now um, there's so many different avenues you can take to make yourself a little more successful with on the money end, even though you might not get it for the, for the music content. There's ways about, I think there's ways to figure it out still.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to evolve, right? Like the technology's there, it's not going away. Um, it's like, it's like if you were like a scribe that copied books and then the printing press invented it and you're like, this is bullshit. Like I want to still copy books. I love my job. Like, I don't want to give it up, but it's like, no, like it, it's, it's, it is what it is. And it, from what I've heard, it's, it's put a lot more emphasis on, you know, live music and the importance of shows and stuff like that as a revenue source versus, you know, what it was before, which CD sales, which I, I don't know like how much money people actually made, you know, especially if you were signed with a label that sucked you dry. Um, so. Part two,
1: man. that part two. i saw somebody break it down the other day i wish i i wish i remember who it was but they actually broke down the the way that would have worked like if you if they put out you know this out al- this song for you on this album that they paid for all the studio time for all your features mm-hmm. all the promo and then a music video that was thousands of dollars basically like the record label will pay for everything yeah everything and and in advance for you to just live and you know while you were making whatever album you were making all the studio time all the promotion the whether anybody wants to believe it or not the actual radio play that you're getting is paid for um by the label uh music videos all those types of things that all comes out of the sales but then your your percentage comes usually out of the profit of all those sales so not only are they taking their cut they're taking all of that back out of the profit part profit part whatever your agreed percentage was and you're getting that leftover shit after all that's paid for so
0: that's uh usually how those those deals worked what do you do you like the idea of like patreon and stuff like that where you can support individual artists do you think that's a way forward or is that just going to work for some big people but for the average person it's not sustainable sure yeah i would say it's kind of
1: risky uh but i I don't have as much i don't have as much experience with that directly asking not asking you know performing and getting getting something out of it or or whatever that might be right Um, i know some people are pretty successful with it um i like a blend i I think a blend of the old way and the new way is probably the way of the future realistically like you're gonna have to kind of give your music away and you're probably going to be able to do a show and have the house packed and be able to sell merch the same way you would have before that's what i think
0: okay so you got to kind of get it where you can get it um it's not going to be a one a one funnel uh source um so you brought up earlier you said that you know that you really like some of the people that were producing things in fresno um yeah. so what what does the fresno hip hop scene look like uh for those who are not familiar like have, haven't been to shows in the area. I mean, is it, uh, is it a pretty, is it a small group or is it a large group and there are certain places where you kind of encounter it more than others? Um,
1: I say it's still relatively small, but there are, there's a, you know, relative to, to Fresno. Um, yeah. There's, you know, mainly, if you go to any type of live hip-hop show, you'll see a lot of guys that are involved in the scene usually supporting each other. Um, again, I can only kind of speak on the last few years that I've been back in, kind of in the scene since I since I kind of stepped away. Sure. Um, but generally, a lot of love, um, a lot of people supporting each other, be it uh, like kind of sharing things online, um, trying to get people's exposure out. Um, online and also at live shows when we were able to do that. Um, You'd see a lot of the same faces coming out and kind of spreading the word, which is awesome. A lot of talented MCs out here too.
0: Yeah. Are, are kind of, um, are like Fashan and like Planet Asia, are they kind of like the godfathers of the scene or are they kind of apart from it when they got much bigger?
1: Uh, Yeah, a little bit of both. You might see them uh, here and there, but they are, I mean, they're, they're the real deal. They're really out there doing, doing this for a living and traveling the world and doing what they got to do. So there's a little bit of both. They still show up, you know, you'll still see Fast show up to a show here and there, um, just out of the blue, just to say what's up. Uh, but a lot of times they're, you know, they're working. Uh, so we don't, at least for me, I don't really see them in the same kind of uh, circles as much nowadays.
0: Yeah, because eventually you, like if you make it to that point, like, you know, in order to be sustainable, you got to go to other markets. You, know, you, yeah, can't, you, you can't tour Fresno. <laughs> you know, it's you gotta not sustainable. Go. You got to go, but they're still around. Okay. Um, so you said that there's some uh, producers that you really like in Fresno that are making good stuff. Uh, who who are these people and how can we listen to their stuff? I mean, I, I'm very curious to hear hear some more of the stuff that's being produced around here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um a couple of my favorite uh guys out here would be uh most beats, MOS beats. Um he's a young kid. He just recently, I think he just graduated high school like a year ago, but he's been producing for some of my stuff for a couple years now. Uh really soulful. Um nowadays he's doing kind of more that alchemist style production, a little bit dirtier, grimier. Okay. Uh, you know, like Griselda i don't yeah, know if yeah. you're familiar with all this type of stuff he's doing stuff like that he's amazing um k pizzle i've been working a lot with lately uh really classic hip-hop sample based producer um same thing with jay mixon uh who else we got out here tabletop is uh uh really doing this look up yeah tabletop 559 i think on instagram uh really versatile he's doing he can do an album sample based stuff and then he could do a whole like trap music, kind of newer stuff, uh, which is which is kind of cool to see. Uh, who else we got? Uh, the Dreams Come DCT Crew, uh A, a- Drums, uh, First Owl, uh, Came In Clutch. Those guys are doing more new style, uh, new new soul kind of stuff. Some trap stuff.
0: Uh, <sighs> dude, there's a. It bunch- sounds unending. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, did
1: a, I did a, so last year I did a series, uh I, I kind of modeled it after the Loteria cards, that like okay. Mexican bingo game. Every, I did an album every month, a five track album every month uh, for eight months and I uh, had featured one producer and one other artist or group per album um, on each So it'd be five songs with one producer and a a different group featured on a song. And then the next month it was something different, something different. So last year I worked, you know, with eight different dudes. uh, That's
0: awesome. Um, So I just wanted to bring up this concept of Culture Vulture, because I heard you use it in one of your songs. And something I think about a lot is being, you know, uh, a white male that's making podcasts, you know, and, uh, you know, know, I, I, I don't think of myself as a hipster, but, You know, I, I, I guess that's not for one to define oneself as one. Like I think it's a a term that others apply to you.
1: Um, Way before it was cool.
0: Right. Um, So (laughs) I I guess what I'm asking is let's, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about like downtown Fresno. Right. Um, So you've got like breweries open up. Right. And you've got like, you know, you've got, bitwise and you've kind of got tech people moving into downtown and then you have that amazing music video that you did uh, Mm -hmm. with Fulton Street, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it feels like, uh, it feels like there's a, a culture. I mean, do you feel like that Fulton Street culture is, is being pushed out or do you feel like it's evolving? Um, Do you feel like there are culture vultures in Fresno or do you feel like we're not quite there yet? And, People are just kind of, you know, doing what they do. Huh.
1: As far as that goes, uh, I mean, the, the, the cruising stuff's got, got pushed back, you know, already. But they're still doing it and people still are, are still out supporting it. That's more about community than anything else. I don't think right. anybody's there to purposefully disturb anybody else's peace. Uh, you know, they're out there just having a good time doing, doing the downtown thing. Um, I wish I knew more about how the businesses were, you know, doing down there at, you know, it seems like they were able to kind of open it back up and a lot of the places are still kind of doing their thing, which I think is cool to have a downtown where you have some culture, some new shit, some, you know, a mix of everybody doing their thing. And everybody's kind of coexisting. I think that's ideal. That was probably the ideal situation for at least I hope for when they opened up the street down there. Um, as far as vultures go, I don't think we have any yet. Okay. As far as a lot of this stuff goes. Uh, right. But somebody could come out here and 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 maybe and maybe get me on that. But I I think you know there's some people that either like it or they just or they 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 like it or they really just don't. And they're going to tell you that um, and to to <laughs> there's
0: haters and lovers.
1: <laughs> there's no vultures yet. I don't Not know sure. if anybody's like trying to exploit it all yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, it feels like, you know, I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it creep down the Valley, you know, cause you know, if you, I don't know if you heard this, but people are starting to call Sacramento, uh, uh, East Oakland. Uh, oh, man. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you go, <laughs> if you go, if you go visit, Sacramento, and you're in Midtown. You're like, where am I? And yeah. you're like, am I in the Central Valley? Um, I mean, yeah. I think it's a long while before it creeps down from Sacramento to Stockton. Uh, yeah. That's 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 a bigger jump. A
1: big <laughs> a big
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, Stockton's kind of cool now too because of Michael Tubbs and like what's going on there. So, I mean, it just, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if it's a bad thing necessarily. I think I, I agree with what you're saying that, you know, it, the, in the ideal world, you'd have some new stuff and you have some old stuff and those two groups would respect each other. Um, sure. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be like, you know, Darwin's survival of the fittest, you know, like whoever's got more money will push the other one out. Um But I, you know, I mean, yeah, I talked about this in a previous episode with Craig Sharton, who's been around downtown a long time ago, or for a long time. And he, you know, this kind of this idea of uh, who decides what businesses should stay on Fulton Street, you know? Like there's some businesses there that, you know, serve a specific demographic of people, um, but they're not cool at all, you know? They're not cool. Like, you're not going to go buy a dress, for a part for a teenage girls party. And that's like a cool place to have on the yeah. street. But you know, it's there for a reason because people go there and they shop there like it wouldn't exist unless people right. bought stuff. Right. Totally. Um, so was, I don't know.
1: And it was the only thing, you know, it should be kind of saluted because it was the only thing that was holding Fulton street together for a long time.
0: It's true. It is, you know, and I, I mean, I'm all for chicken shack or whatever, but you know, I think, Yeah. I I, I like that vision of what you're saying of like the the combination of both those worlds. So, I mean, which kind of leads me to where I wanted to go, which is like, what do you see your role within the culture? Like as an artist, like uh, is your role, I mean, do you see yourself as like challenging the culture? Do you see yourself as kind of like celebrating the culture? Uh, I mean, are you on your own like individual artistic path and like, it's just some self-discovery stuff or what's, what, what do you kind of see as your role?
1: Yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of different columns there. Um I think I definitely re- uh like representing where I'm from here. Um definitely like uh exposing other people to our culture cuz I think Fresno has its own kind of vibe that that other people can probably would think was cool, I guess. Um, Like, you know, uh, L.A. has a a sound, the Bay Area has a sound, uh, different places in the country, as far as hip hop goes, I mean, and and music. And I think Fresno has a sound. Um, We're finding it still with hip hop because we're still doing a lot of emulating, I feel like, of other places here because that's what we're kind of taught was cool. But I think a lot of us are kind of developing our own identity. And I think that's going to really identify like Fresno as far as hip hop goes. Right. Um, so I'm trying to do a little bit of both. I'm trying to show what Fresno is all about at the same time, do my thing. And I think with those things together, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, really know how to, how to describe exactly what I'm trying to do, but those are the two things I'm trying to put together.
0: Right. And it sounds positive. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it it sounds, it sounds kind of cool just to be in like a, kind of like a place where you're creating a, you know, kind of something not from scratch, but like, you know, there really isn't like, I I mean, if someone was like, what's the Fresno hip hop sound, I'd be like, I have no idea. I mean, I know a few people, I know some artists that are making music, but I, like, I couldn't like pick out like, you know, like whenever, you know, when E40 comes on, I'm like, well, I'm, I know where I am.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just, I, 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 yeah. So I, I think that's cool that you get to kind of be there and, you know, kind of be a leader and point the direction. Um, which, you know, I, I, I think, you know, as Fresno, you know, I think Fresno is getting better in some ways and it still has challenges. Um, but I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, they're all moving in concert, right? Like, like people are moving forward and, um, there's always people that are, you know, yeah. don't want to move forward. Just want to be on the old, whatever. Yeah, um, of course, That's but, normal.
1: Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's normal. Yeah. That's, uh, you're right. And I've, I've actually been asking people around here that same question. What does Fresno sound like? What is it? Like we can't really make ourselves do a sound that would sound like Fresno. Right? Um, we just have to evolve that way. But it's actually a, something I've been like conscious of and asking about and trying to, trying to raise the question to other people around here about like, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like you're, have like the starts of like, A hip hop collective, like artists working together to kind of like you know to create something as 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 one almost. Um, Yeah,
1: I uh, I almost want to have everybody working really hard on themselves uh, together. You know, like I think so many years here, everybody's always tried to kind of get everybody together to do something. I think the better thing to do would be work on yourselves to everybody be great in their own. And then that'll get everybody noticed Um, and give everybody love in the meantime. But I think just that slight, that slight change in vision might do a lot of good.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that recently. Um, My, my younger brother is a, is a big Mac Miller fan. I mean, he's, he's, he likes lots of music, but like not only just Mac Miller as his music, but like who he was as a person and like supporting other artists and like you know, opening up his studio, and my brother told me all these stories. Yeah. You know, after he died, because I didn't really know a lot of that uh, background information about his role. Yeah, uh, down there. Um, so I, yeah, I guess you know, maybe <laughs> I'm not I'm not projecting into your future or anything, but like maybe your, you know, your, your role someday is going to kind of be to guide yeah. the. Did I freeze again? Fuck. <laughs> I was I was on a roll man I was on a fucking roll. No. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I hate this okay. shit so much. I okay. wish I He's could just doing something important right now. Fuck. Okay. Let me let me let me try again. Okay. And I'll say it more succinctly this time. Um okay. so, you know, maybe maybe kind of in the way that Mac Miller kind of played this role of like, you know, giving of himself to like support other artists. But like he didn't I'm sure he didn't tell them what to do he just said all right here's a space I support you let's let's make something you know like maybe that's maybe you know I'm gonna pull up my crystal ball and I I'm, I'm feeling like maybe that's part of your future as well right like supporting supporting these kids because you're telling me about kids that are making beats for you that just graduated high school right like these are the these are the future of Fresno hip-hop
1: yeah all, all across the board there's talented people all age, you know all age ranges and demographics and um i think that, that that's a serious asset to to that to the equation um yeah so there is some younger people and and i'm i'm a little older now so i'm kind of looking at it through a different lens um more from a how things work standpoint i think
0: sure um so let's talk about let's talk about the the track you made for us Um, so what was, what was the inspiration and what was kind of your, like, you know, what was, what was your thought in, you know, producing what you did?
1: Yeah. So I first tried, uh, to listen to a few different of your podcasts. Um, I listened to, you know, a few of them most of the way through to kind of get a vibe and overall feel of like, what, you know, what, what are you, what are you doing? Um, you know, like. at at a base level, like, what are you trying to get across? What kind of person are you? Um, and, uh, then from there, how can I add my spice to what you're trying to do? And then when I talked to you over the phone, you're pretty open. So, you know, I'm just kind of do whatever, whatever you think is going to work. You let me do whatever I was going to do. Um, trusted each other that way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I had this beat that I've, I've, I made it a while back and I just, I thought it was dope and I just never had any, any, where to put it. And I always would listen to it. I listened to it all the time on my own. And then you were like, just if you, even if you have something already lined around and I'm like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was
0: waiting for me. It was waiting for me. It was it was, waiting we were, we were soulmates, you know, uh, let's get a little philosophical for a second. I know right. that there's this philosophical concept. I don't know if it's Plato or whoever said it, but like that soulmates uh, inside of them, they have half an orb and they float around in the universe trying to find their other half of the orb. So yeah. that beat, that beat's got my orb. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad. <It's> for you
1: <laughs> I didn't know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's, let's wrap up by talking about uh, what you're doing. Uh, what's what's new projects are coming up. Um, if you're doing any virtual shows or anything where people can uh, tune in, I mean, I definitely I would start with like I love that I love that music video that you guys did recently. That that I'm definitely going to put a link right down below the podcast to start there because that was I love that and that guy yeah. is singing. Who's that? Who's that? I who's that guy singing in it? That's yeah. the chorus line.
1: He right. Is, uh, so his so voice. We, oh, we the mastermind behind all this. This is another one of those weird kind of everything fell into place things. Um, he's been in the music scene for a long time. Um, he used to go have a band called DB and the struggle. Um, they were doing lots of funk kind of Latin oldies type of stuff for years. Um, and recently he, he was in the Carlos Montano band, his own band playing around town and everything got shut down. Um, so he's at home, his kids are at home and I know his son's actually, uh, he makes beats. He's just, uh, 13, I think. Um, so a little background there, uh, real quick. I taught a hip hop writing class at Kepler, Kepler middle school, where I was teaching them as an elective, uh, teaching hip hop. It was called the art of rap and it was teaching kids how to express themselves using rap music. Um, his son actually made a bunch of beats for the kids in my class to, to do songs on. So anyways, that's just a little backstory of how I know kind of them and their family. Plus, I knew DB from back in the day.
0: All right. Um, you're, 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 you're setting yourself up to be interrupted. Like, how often do you teach this class? And, this, and why isn't this like a Fresno Unified wide program? That sounds like um, an amazing program.
1: So I was approached a couple of years ago by the guy that was in charge of, I forget his title, but basically he was, it's like a charter school. So they have like different titles. He okay. was like an assistant principal type of dude Uh, i forget what his actual role was but he was like the director of putting shit together for (laughs) for kids to learn like okay uh, he reached out to a bunch of different people in the community that were proficient in a skill or an art to teach elective classes because at that time at charter schools you didn't have to have a credential to teach something that wasn't like a core subject So he got people that were doing like robotics and singing and all types of cool stuff, dance uh, to teach these classes. So that's how I got involved there because I kind of knew him.
0: What's his name? Tim Yeager. Okay, all right. I thought it was somebody else, but yeah, continue.
1: Uh, So I did that for like almost two years and then the law changed. So I could have got a credential which was going to take me a long time and lots of money. And I kind of was not, you know, you know, school wasn't really a direction I had planned on going on. I was just trying to help out uh, and do something good. And so I just wasn't able to do it anymore.
0: I mean, I'm just going to say for the record, you'd be an amazing English teacher. So, you know, just, just, just think about that. For I mean, you know, it's never too late. It's It's never never too late. It's never
1: never too late.
0: late. But at the time it was
1: just like, Oh man. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So uh yeah, so that's that's why I'm not doing that anymore. But yeah, I was at Kepler, it was a cool program.
0: That's awesome. All right. So uh s- stuff coming out soon. Uh where, where where can people find you and and you know, just kind of like, you know, close up by just uh, you know, some ways we can support you as an artist.
1: Um yeah, uh so stuff that I have coming up. I'm kinda I'm gonna start doing a slow release of tracks that are gonna be leading up to an album uh, probably late spring next year, um, re- releasing a single on September 15th. I don't know when this is gonna come out. Um, uh, so-
0: yeah, well, it uh, actually, it'll, it'll probably be around that time, so that
1: week. Ooh, so September 15th, yeah. I'll put a new single that'll be out on all digital streaming platforms. This particular album's gonna be me with uh, my DJ, who's always usually with me at the shows. We're actually collaborating on an album where he's gonna be scratching on all the songs. Um, kind of bringing back the art of the DJ with the MC, a lot more up-tempo type of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll be releasing singles every couple months leading up to the album. Um, that song is called El Capo. It's coming out on the so 15th. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Baker Raps. That's B-K-R underscore raps or uh dot com. YouTube, you could find my video probably through the the link that you're going to put up there. Yep. Um, yeah. the Same thing. BKR wraps on there too.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, we could probably talk about culture vultures and hip hop for hours, <laughs> but you know, you know, you got kids, I've got, <laughs> you know, I got to get up to teach kids tomorrow. So right. we'll, we'll, we'll call it from here, but uh, I respect what you're doing. Cause you know, I I mean, for those, those who, you know, have just a regular day job, you know, being a, having a day job, plus being an artist. I mean, it's, 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 it's not easy. And it's, you know, and being an artist is like, you know, it's kind of like selling yourself too, like in some ways, like who you are and like, like this is me and I'm going to put it out there and like, you know, just be vulnerable enough to like get whatever response I I get. And it's, (laughs) It's a, uh, it's a hard thing. And uh, there's, you know, not a lot of people that are willing to do it for years. You know, I mean, some people, you know, they'll put out a track or something. They'll be like, you know, no one likes it. And, you know, cause not everyone is like, you know, you know, gets the auto tuner out like post Malone and puts a song on SoundCloud and then tattoos your face as $20 million or whatever. Like, you know, that's, that's a very unusual, uh, occurrence. Uh, I think most of the time it's a grind, right? It's a grind. yeah definitely You got to love it. Yeah. So, and I think that's the thing is, is, is loving what you do. And oftentimes we end up, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself, you know, we end up spending more money to do the things that we love than we actually make sometimes, you know, yeah. whether it's paying for a recording or, you know, it, it's paying for, you know, for me, like microphones and hosting and all the crap that goes into stuff, you know, oh, yeah. um, and it's
1: and the, time, the time it takes to put it all together, man.
0: And y'all listening are listening for free. So I'm just going to say that, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm not telling you that you've got to love me, but just respect that what we're doing, which is like making stuff for you guys to enjoy. Right. Ultimately. And, you know. Uh, support us when you can there's my pitch there's my sales pitch Um, all right let's sign off good talking to you man
1: all right man catch you later
0: all right i hope you enjoyed my conversation with baker as always you can support us by subscribing uh and giving us a rating and a review it really helps people to choose this podcast and click that play button until next time so long folks